0: God, I just thank you for this day, Resurrection Sunday, a day that you ordained for us to come together and worship you. People here from many different parts of the country, many different parts of the city and county, all brought here by you, Lord with the express, <clears throat> express purpose of worshiping you. God, we give you praise and we give you honor and we give you glory this morning for all that you have done, for who you are. We thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his sacrifice for each of us. And we thank you for that Wonderful empty tomb. God help us never to worship the empty tomb, but to worship the one who vacated it. Go before us this morning, fill us with your spirit. Allow us to understand, allow us to hear with new ears, with see with new eyes. The wonders that you have prepared for us this morning, and we'll give, be careful to give you all the praise and all the honor and glory, for it's in Jesus' name we pray, amen. Well, once again, we're testing, <clears throat> testing this building, so the test is going pretty well so far. You've done quite well. Just just keep it up, we want to see exactly where we max out um, in terms of whatever whatever we 're measuring i 'm not sure what we 're measuring, but it 's important that we measure i tell you um, there 's a cross back here on this uh wall, and i haven 't uh, haven 't gotten permission to tell you who gave us that cross yet, so i won 't tell you that till maybe the time that we dedicate this building but um, Suffice it to say that uh, it's a wonderful addition. Uh, there's no way that would have fit in the whole place that we moved from. So uh, it's nice to have a 12-foot cross back in the uh, corner lit. And my idea with that wall there is uh, is one that I saw, I stole from another church, uh, only they had angels on a wall, and they had every Form of angel, copper, ceramic, uh, cutout, uh, dolls, you know, all this sort of stuff. Angels on a wall, and it looked like a mosaic wall when it was finished. So I would like for you over the next several years to make it a point to bring crosses that you want to donate to that wall. Somebody brought one this morning that they fashioned out of grapevines. That uh, we can just hang around that whole wall there and fill it up. And it will become a point of reference for everyone that enters. And this is our main entrance back here, by the way. Everyone that enters the main door will see that wall, I think, first. So help us do that over the next couple of uh, years. We will be talking more about that in the near future. Well, this is... uh, Resurrection Sunday, and I do have a scripture to read to you from uh, the book of John, one that's familiar to you, I hope, John chapter 20, verses 1 through 18. If you have your Bibles, uh, please open them and follow along. If you don't have a Bible or you didn't bring one with you, there are Bibles at each one of these little tables. One, two... Three, four here. You're welcome to get one of those. And if you don't have a Bible that's easy to read, take it with you. That's yours. That's our gift to you. I'm going to read John chapter 20, beginning at verse 1. And in this church, we believe that the Bible is the infallible word of God. It's the only standard we have for our faith and for our life. So listen to God's word. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and that's that's John. He's referring to himself there. The one Jesus loved and said, They have taken the Lord out of the tomb, and we don't know where they have put him. So Peter... And the other disciple started for the tomb. Both were running, but the other disciple outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He bent over and looked in at the strips of linen lying there, but he did not go in. Then Simon Peter, who was behind him, probably because he was a little older, arrived and went into the tomb. He saw the strips of linen lying there as well as the burial cloth that had been around Jesus' head. The cloth was folded up by itself, separate from the linen. So the picture that we get is one of a butterfly cocoon when the butterfly has left. Got it? Still wrapped up. Still just like it was. But nothing inside of it. And the head cloth that they would have used to cover the head and the face was folded up neatly and laid over to the side. Verse 8. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Verse 10. Then the disciples went back to their homes. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there. But she didn't realize that it was Jesus. Woman, he said, why are you crying? Who is it that you are looking for? Thinking that he was the gardener, she said, Sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him, and I will get him. And Jesus said to her, Mary, She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. And Jesus said, Do not hold on to me, for I have not yet returned to the Father. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am returning to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news. I have seen the Lord. And she told them, that he had said these things to her. Jesus called her by name. Jesus knew her name. Jesus calls each one of us by name at some point in our lives. Some of us, it's early on, Others, it's very late in our lives. But at some point, we hear his call. And how will we respond? He's there for us. He's there in every situation you can think of. It doesn't matter how Bad that situation might seem. How hopeless that situation might seem. He's there for you. And he's calling your name. He's calling your name today. Some of you have wonderful testimonies about the way that God has worked in your lives. I know. We could probably spend all afternoon just sharing testimonies here but I've asked one lady to come and share with us that uh, uh, had the opportunity to share her testimony at the last Alpha Holy Spirit weekend Joyce Slingerland is her name and she has come to share with us about her personal experience with the Lord so Joyce won't you please come yeah welcome her
1: What a glorious, glorious day to be in the house of our great, mighty king. Risen king. (laughs) You know, um, I'm just going to ask a moment for the the Holy Spirit to fill me, Father. May all I say and do bring honor and glory to your most holy name. You know, there's a time when um, it would have been very difficult for me to get up here and share. You know, because I was afraid (laughs) of what others would think, you know, and how it would be taken. But you know, when life does, when God does such a powerful work in your life, there's just no way you can contain it. You have to share it. You have to testify to that awesome, awesome love that He brings in such a powerful way. And you know, um, my life wasn't always one of Praise and glory. I didn't know him. Early on in life, I really struggled. You know, I had an alcoholic father who really abused me in so many ways—physically, mentally, spiritually, and even even um, sexually. And it brought a lot of pain and fear. And you know, my life was in such a turmoil. My whole family's life was in a turmoil. We were either running and hiding when his wrath became more than we could bear, sleeping in cars, (laughs) living in rundown rooms filled with bugs. (laughs) We are just walking dark streets, dangerous streets, late at night. It was a a hard life, you know, and um, it caused me to be very into myself. How am I going to protect me? You know, my life in in my early time was all about me and my survival. And even then, God, in his beautiful way of love, brought him to me at a very early age, around 10. And it was through my cousin. She brought me to a Sunday school class, and I heard the story of creation. And how this God, this awesome creator, loved me. And you know, for the first time, (laughs) I heard words that I really longed to hear, that someone loved me. And I remember so clearly the impact that had in my life. And it gave me a hunger that wasn't of my own, I know. And I started to listen to TV evangelists such as Billy Graham and... Bishop, uh, Bishop Fulton Sheen, Donald Barnhouse. And even then, you know, my God was feeding me with his truth, wooing me to himself. But life went on, and I still was struggling, and even um, in high school, you know, um, I was always bullied and mocked because I was in such a vulnerable position because, you know, my father's reputation was well-known. I lived. And in high school, I had a a beautiful friend, a Catholic friend who brought me to church for the very, very first time. And I remember the beauty, the peace, the just overwhelming sense of well-being that just came upon me. I didn't understand it. I really didn't. But I loved worshiping God. It just... It just emanated from within me. I don't know where it came from, but it was there. I loved singing praise songs. And, you know, those were times that just lifted this weary soul's spirits beyond my wildest comprehension, it gave me a, a strength to move on. And even um, then, you know, I was still very much self-absorbed, Trying to work out life in my own way, in my own strength, <laughs> not even recognizing all those little wooings, all those little times when he was showing me that you know he was where my strength would be. And then um, I went under really very hard circumstances. I was able to uh, finish college, working full time, and still dealing with my father. And um, and that was another way that I I look back now I see his provision because when I uh, met my husband in uh, in college we were married he was a Lutheran minister and here again you know I, I wanted to please him and I I worked so hard to do the right thing you know worked in the office did church bulletins dinners and you know just everything but there was really no purpose. I really didn't sense that anything was happening in my life. I was still struggling. I was struggling with depression. I was struggling with, you know, any purpose. Even when I had my three beautiful children. And uh, I had them three in three years, so you know what that was like. (laughs) That, again, kept me busy. Busy, busy, busy. And, you know, it wasn't until one day, I really stopped, and I started to really look back and reflect upon my life that I really began to see (laughs) that God was with me through it all. You know, he tells us that I will never leave you or forsake you, and he was there. I just didn't take the time to really look and really think about what that meant. And so I really decided one day that uh, I needed this savior desperately. <laughs> I knew I could never continue doing everything in my own strength because I, I want to tell you I messed up in so many ways. I, I, I can't even begin to tell you. And you know I realized that <clears throat> all those years that God was speaking truth into my heart. Truth that would come back Just bring me into his light. You know, even the songs that we sing today, that's all truth. God's wooing you just as he wooed me. You know, he called my name very early on. I know he did. But unfortunately, I didn't respond. (laughs) I kept trying to do it all on my own. I knew there was a hole in my life that I was desperately trying to fill. And I was trying to fill it with all the wrong things. My success as a teacher, working hard, being the best teacher I could be, wow, that's where it's at. Being the best wife I could be, being the best mom I could be, that's where it's at. But it wasn't until I really decided, when he beckoned me, to respond and to really know that I needed him more than I needed anything that I realized that, you know, God had a plan for me. Because when I look back, I can honestly tell you, I wouldn't change one piece, one part of my life. Because through all that, I, saw, I can see how God was molding me, turning me, filling me with truth, with love, with helping me to be able to love him the way I love him with all my heart today, because I see the power he's always been for me. And so I just, you know, I know God calls each and every one of you. I know that because of God's word is truth. Jesus doesn't want to lose one, not one. He's beckoning all of you. He does it through his creation. He may do it through. Another person, I mean, my friends who helped me to bring me to church to hear truth. He works in so many creative ways. He's a creative God. He works in so many creative ways. And and he knows you. How do I know that? Because the word tells me that he knew you while you were still in the womb. He, he, He created you. He fashioned you. So when he woos you, he may not woo you the same way he wooed me. He may not take you down the path of life the same way. But I'm going to tell you, he is with you. And he's working on you each and every day. And my prayer is that you don't wait so long to keep wandering in that lonely wilderness without him. Because I truly know where my strength and my hope and my joy comes from. And it's in serving my king and my master. And I want to tell you truthfully, you know what? There's times when I move forward. There's times I move backwards. And there are many times when I stumble. But praise God, I know I can come to him for forgiveness. And I know he will lift me up and bring me again into the joy of his presence. And so today, we do celebrate a risen king. We celebrate not only my Lord, but he needs to be your Lord. Because I can't begin to tell you what an awesome journey that becomes. The peace, the power, the strength. I'm going to tell you, <laughs> I am not one to get up and speak in front of people you know, easily. I know even walking forward, many times I stopped because I was afraid what other people would think. Oh, you know, what are they going to think if I walk up? You know, I want to tell you something. Don't let anything, anything hold you back. He's calling your name. And I pray because he's given me such great love for him and love for one another. And that's not love of my own. That's the love that he created me as he was molding me through hard times, making me understand what life is, the pain that you may suffer that I suffered. Even when I was a widow at 42, all of those things, I looked to and realized that, you know what, he gave me such a wonderful gift of praise and a gift of being able to be there for so many people who are going through so many different things. I've had cancer, you name it so please no there's only one thing that can fill that emptiness in your soul and i stand here today just praising my god he's done it all there's not one more thing that has to be done only one thing left you need to come you need to respond praise god
0: thank you George. That, my friends, is an Easter message. Jesus calls your name. He says, behold, I stand at the door and knock. And anyone who hears me and opens the door, I will come in and be with him and sup with him, stay with him for the rest of my life. Amen. Thank you, Joyce. Thank you. As we were talking this week about this particular message, um, Joyce and I prayed, and and, um, I was impressed with the fact that this morning, God was going to bring some folks here that were in a lonely situation. They feel like they are all by themselves. No one around. No one cares. The weight of the world on their shoulders. They so want somebody to be there for them. Somebody to just love them. He's that one. He's calling your name. That there would be people here in a helpless situation... Helpless, helpless to do anything. Perhaps it's a health situation. Perhaps it's a financial situation. He wants you to know that He's calling your name today. Someone in a hopeless situation looks like it would never end. There's no way out. There's no light at the end of the tunnel. You can't even see the tunnel. And he's there today calling your name. He calls us one by one out of our desperation Oh, my goodness, sometimes he lets us get absolutely desperate before he, before he seems to uh, call us, but that's just the way he works. Some of us are so hard-headed, we wouldn't listen any other way. <laughs> out of our desperation, he calls us. Out of our miry pit, he lifts us up, pulls us out, and gives us a new song, a new life, a new hope for the future. And that hope is Jesus. But He does it individually. He doesn't call this group here at one time and say, everyone come to me be saved. No, He's a gentleman. He's not going to push His way into anyone's heart. He's going to stand at the door and knock as many times as it takes until you open that door and allow him in. As Joyce said, he's calling you today, and it's our hope, it's our prayer, it's our, our desire, it's our passion That you would respond. I'm going to pray a little prayer that that we use around here rather frequently. You don't have to pray this out loud or anything, so don't get concerned. In your in the silence of your heart, pray it. Those of you who are uh, Christ followers, I I need your help. I need you to help me pray through this and make words come out of my mouth that would be the words that need to be spoken for each person here who needs that touch from Jesus today. So would you bow your heads? God, I thank you. For this day again, I thank you for calling us here. I thank you for Joyce and her testimony. I thank you that she saw your hand working through her life. I thank you that she was obedient to your call. And I thank you that she's vulnerable enough to say, hey, I don't have it all together yet. I'm still working on this and he's still working on me. But, man, I know that it's the best route to take. So, God, I'm sorry for the things that I have done. And as I speak those words, um, something may come to your mind. Something that you've done that you know was wrong. Just take a moment and tell him you're sorry for that, that specific thing. And God, I'm sorry also for those things that you've told me to do, but I didn't do. I got too busy. I had other priorities. I I just didn't want to right then. He's also going to bring those to your mind. And talk to him about those as well. Ask for his forgiveness. God, in both of those cases, you call that sin in your word. So, Father, forgive us. Forgive me of my sins today. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to this earth for dying on the cross for each one of us here, for paying the penalty for my sin, for purchasing a place for me in heaven that I might be able to spend eternity with you. And just now come, Holy Spirit. Come in all your power all your might, invade this space here. Fill each person here to overflowing with your spirit. God, I want them to feel your love in such a way that it's, that it's real, that it's, that it's palpable for them. Wrap your arms around them. Let them know you're there, that you'll never leave them, you'll never forsake them. And we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen. If you felt God calling you this morning, I want you to understand that we've got some people here who would love to share that. With you, share a prayer with you, anything that's on your mind, any concern, any problem that you're going through. There's never a concern that's so small that it's insignificant for God. If it concerns you, it concerns Him. Nor is there anything that is so big, so impossible that He can't handle it. After all, I think you're you're filling the blank there on, on your handout, is God loves to turn deaths into resurrections. Doesn't get much more impossible than that. He can turn the impossible into the possible, and He wants to do that today.